Before we begin this morning, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the day. We thank You, Father, for the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the presence of the Spirit of God in this place. We thank You, Father, for the power of God that consumes us and overcomes us. I thank You, Father, we cannot fight against the power of God and the presence of God. Father, this is serious times and a very serious time today. And I just ask You, Father, to be in control and open every, every heart, every life. And spirits of darkness, in the name of Jesus, I bind You, command You to leave this place. You'll not steal the Word or hinder what's going on today. In the name of Jesus, I cancel Your work. Amen. I... Uh, I want to read a number of things today, and it's going to be very different, Um, but this is going to be a very important time today, and uh, you know, you're either going to be here to receive or reject. I found out something in the Word, I noticed something in the Word of God, that, uh, that when the Word of God was preached are taught or spoken under the anointing of God and had two responses, either rebellion against it or repentance, acceptance of it. Nothing in between. And uh, uh, God, people either accept what comes from God or rejects it. And uh, if there's something in between, <laughs> you're dead, folks. Uh, you're going to either re- accept it or reject it. One, there's going to be a response in you. I got a letter this week, and uh, you know, in the midst of what the devil would like to do, would bring discouragement. And uh, I want to read you part of this letter. Uh, almost every week, not every week, but almost every week, I get a little card or a letter or. Some I know who they're from, some I don't know who they're from, uh, but always an encouragement and edification. And, uh, and I hope that you're doing that to each other. I hope that you know, by word of mouth or, or a little card or something, that, that you're doing that to one another, to encourage one another. We need edification. The enemy wants us to keep us uh, under lies and suspicion and doubt and worry, and despair, and discouragement. And uh, so we need to encourage one another. We need to be strong. We need to encourage one another. I want you to listen to this letter. Um, Dear Pastor Joseph Derringer, you do not know me, uh, nor have I met you. Yet I feel I know you through our beloved daughter, and I'm not to tell you her name. I also feel I know you through prayers. For you are often in my prayers, and I have ever thought of you, uh, uh, and I even thought I was in yours. For I believe God does allow his fellows, uh, excuse me, I'm reading this wrong. I believe God does allow his followers privileges such as meeting people in prayer, though we may not know them in person. In other words, uh, she's saying that we're 
meeting together in God's throne room. But uh, you know what that's saying to me? What, what, what encourages me through th- something like that? I know somebody's praying. You know? And I'd sure like to know people are praying rather than talking. Praying for me instead of talking about me. Wouldn't you like that about you? <coughs> to know that people are praying for you instead of talking about you? We need to, to have that encouragement. We need to know that we have a, a bond uh, of, of, of fellowship and relationship that we're strong together. And that we're not divided in each other, but we're strong together. That was encouraging to me. Well, this is a series of times. I have been given two prophecies this week and, um, and some word. And I'm going to share it with you. Uh, what God gives me and what, what, a little bit what God's, uh, what's been given to me. And because it's for the body, okay? And uh, serious times, folks. I've been saying that for a long time. This is serious times. If you say, and if you believe this is the end times, then therefore they're serious times. If the Lord's not going to come back for a thousand years, well... You know, uh, worry about yourself and get by yourself and go on about your business. But these are serious times. These are end times, the last times. And the devil, he hates that. You know that? He hates it. And uh, the days are here where we're going to have to stand strong together. But we're going to have to stand strong. Okay? Let me share uh, one prophecy and then get in the Word, and then share the other, okay? I always take these as to me, but also to the body. But listen to what this says. You ready for this? Child, I have asked in this day that you come back before me and receive these words for the body of Christ. I am coming soon. In the name of the Lord, prepare your hearts before the King. Know that in this day, every hour is of essence. Know that how you live before the King is being carefully watched over. Know that every detail of how you conduct your relationships being carefully watched over. Know in this day that if you say one thing with your lips, you ought to be doing what you say with your life. That's a tough saying. Know that this is the day of careful self-examination. Are you carefully examining yourselves in the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know what is in that glorious gospel? Do you know that all hope is in that name? Are you walking every moment knowing the hope that is, that is yours in that name? How you walk, how you live before a holy God is now going to be very important. Children, know this. This is the hour. I have given to you my holy prophets. Do not ignore the warning that comes forth from their hand. 
Know that what is being spoken in this day is so fulfilled, is to fulfill what has been spoken through the prophets. I have, I never accomplish anything that I do not first warn my own. I give to them opportunity to repent and to turn from sin unto holiness and righteousness. This is the day to turn unto holiness and righteousness. It is a day, uh, excuse me, it is a day in which the only thought should be how to please a holy God. It should be a day of close self-examination in the light of the countenance of the Savior. Hear the words of this prophet, the day of the Lord draws near, repent, turn again in all your ways unto a holy God. Do nothing without knowing that He is watching over you. Be careful that nothing is done vainly. Heed the word of the Lord. If something does not have eternal value, do not be involved in it. Children, I weep for a people who will wash their clothes in the blood of the precious Lamb of God. Now is the hour. Hear the word of the Lord. I have spoken. Now, if you'll turn with me to, I'm not sure where to begin. Uh, turn with me to First um, Samuel, chapter twenty-two. David, verse 1, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave, Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to meet him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Now, I've mentioned this in the past before. This is talking about those that, that was really leaving Saul's kingdom and going to David's kingdom. And we find that between Saul and David, we had spirit and flesh. And they were leaving one to join the other. But you notice the description of these people. They were people in need. And folks, unless we recognize the fact that we are nothing that we are in need and they have a need of Jesus, will not come to him. Uh, David is a type of Jesus and uh, the spiritual or rather than the flesh. And they came to him because they were in distress. But as I said in the past, that out of these 400 men, God raised up the greatest army that Israel ever had. I mean, those that were discontent in debt and troubled he raised up from that mighty, powerful men of God, strong and bold, men that were not afraid. These men, even the fact that they left Saul's kingdom and went to David's kingdom, proved that they were not afraid. 
because they left in, under a mandate of death for, for joining the enemy, uh, what Saul considered the enemy. They had made a commitment. They had made a commitment of life. Now, whether you realize it or not, and whether you admit it to yourself or not, really when we get saved, we make, make a commitment of life or, or for our life. We change from one kingdom to another. We've escaped from one kingdom and drawn into another kingdom. We have, we have sealed our fate. Satan has now become our enemy. He hates us, and if he could, he would destroy every one of us. If he had a free hand to do anything he pleased, this morning he would kill every one of us that are in this room. He hates us. He has no more control over us. He has no, no power over us. We have, we have escaped and been placed into something. Okay? Boy, that sounds good. But if we're like that, we ought to be bold people. We ought not to be cowards. We ought not to be fearful. We ought not to be worried. We ought to be bold, strong people. People that are committed people that are submitted, people that are obedient, people that have dropped, just as that prophecy said, get away from the old, repent of all that, and turn to a holy God. Now turn with me to 2 Samuel 23. I want to read you something about these men. Just a little bit about these men. 2 Samuel 23. It says, now, these are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the, of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his words were in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning, when the sun rises even in morning without clouds, as a tender grass springs out the earth by the clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he hath made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all the things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he makes it not to grow." But the worthless men shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who shall touch them must be armed with iron and the staff of a spear and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. Now what he's saying is David's is saying this, that God has anointed me and separated me to lead my people. But you know, David was aware that he could not do it by himself. You know, a king is, is nothing without his army to defend his kingdom. I mean, I mean, what is a king? I mean, one man standing in a position as king says, I'm king, no army. How long is he going to be king? Not very long, right? God sent him some men to do the task that God sent him to do. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had 
He begins to name these men and began to speak about what they did. Boy, I can't pronounce his name. The same was Adino, verse 8, and Esneth. He lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Hallelujah. Now these are one of those 400 men, folks, that God happened to send. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodi, the Ahoite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were there gathered for battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand adhered or clung to the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. He got so tired of killing the enemy, his arm got so tired, it says that the sword cleaved, in other words, stuck to his hand. I mean, he killed so many enemy, he swung that sword so many times, killing the enemies of God, that his hand got tired, and God gave him strength that hand, and he clung to that sword, he couldn't let it go. I mean, there was extra strength in that, that arm. And he killed for the, for the Lord. After him was Shammah, the son of Ag, the Herite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop. And there was a plot of ground full of lentils. It's a bean patch, by the way. And the people fled from the Philistines. I figured you folks from East Texas would understand that a little better, but... And he stood in the center of the plot and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. And 30 of the, th of the three leaders went down and came to David in the harvest time on the cave of Adullam and the troop of Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim and David was then in a stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And... David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men broke through the host of Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Do you see what they did? Out of out of their love for David and their devotion and their commitment to David, they, they jeopardized their life to go through the enemy's lines just to get this drink of water that David wanted from that well from Bethlehem. Nevertheless, he would not drink of, the, of it, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. And on and on and on, these men, he spoke of these men, and their mighty deeds, but their courage. They were courageous men, 
who put their life on the line in order to defend Israel and to fight with David. They were strong men, courageous men. They were not afraid. It's talking about these men. Now turn with me to Joel chapter 3. And this is where I want to begin the message. Joel chapter 3. <clears throat> Here's a message to you folks. Here's what I'm, uh, I believe that the Lord really wants us to hear. Okay. If we believe this is serious times, this is what God wants us to hear. Let me read this other prophecy now. The enemy, Satan, is mad. He has been wounded and sees a the end coming. He is like a wounded animal running to and fro, destroying and killing at will. The Lord says we must resist, stand, and advance to the enemy like David. We must make haste to run to battle. You remember what, what it's saying there? You know what the Lord's speaking of there? When David went against Goliath, it says he ran toward him. You know what the, a, a lot of Christians' lives are? Running from the devil, and if he ever catches up with him, they fight him. We come to a place where we'll see the enemy and run to battle. We're going to find the enemy running instead of us running. Okay? takes courage. Let me read the rest of this. We must resist, stand advanced to the, to the enemy like David. We must make haste, run to the battle. The time of weak Christians standing back is over. All of these will be consumed. Wake up the mighty men. For all you have seen before is just the outer skirmish. Wake up the mighty men of war. For the time of battle has come. I remember when I was a, a boy, I remember during the war that I've read a lot about the war. It was, you know, being a young teenager, it was glamorous to me. And I remember the day, I, I can remember this day as like it was yesterday, the day they invaded uh, Normandy and went into France. And uh, I've seen and read a lot of things about it, but there was a, a waiting time. The weather was bad, 
And there was a waiting time and the people waited and waited and waited and waited for the right time. The tides had to be right. The weather had to be right. And one day or one night, a decision was made to go. And the people rose up. They, they were like, they were just waiting for the call. Like the battle cry was said, let's go. And they rose up and grabbed their gear and they went into battle. And I believe that that's what God is doing today. And that's what this is saying is to wake up. Wake up the mighty men. Listen to what Joel says. Chapter 3 and verse 9. Proclaim you this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come all ye heathen and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause they... Uh, your mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And there will, will I sit it to judge all the heathen round about. Put you in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get you down, for the press is full. The fat overflows, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the Lord, uh, the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. God is saying, wake up the mighty men. To wake up the mighty men. Men, ladies, wake up. Be stirred for battle. Whatever it takes in your own personal life, the first prophet was saying, get right with God. You'll not be fit for battle if you're not right with God. The second thing is wake up, be encouraged, and strengthened to go out in battle. I'm going to read you some verses. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by the day. The Lord is on my right side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, when you shall lie down, and your sleep shall be sweet. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Hallelujah. 
it said in the Old Testament and also said over in Judges whenever God was getting an army together for Gideon. It says, everybody that's afraid, go home. That was the first thing that they did with an army. Everybody that's afraid, go home. They did not want the spirit of fear in the midst of the army. Because when the enemy comes, and he shall come, the last thing that we need is fear rising among the army. We also must know that it's not our strength but His. If you look into your own strength, you're not strong. But in God, we have all strength. Hallelujah. And God's saying to us today, is wake up the mighty men. Stir up the mighty men that's ready to stand and fight in the battle. The day's at hand. See, you've been wondering probably what's been going on in my life. God has been stirring me up and turning me upside down and and turn me inside out and showing everything that I've got and about me and making me deal with everything and making me repent, making me get right with God. What in the world's going on? He's getting an army ready. He's getting those that know how to use the sword, those that are courageous and ready to stand against the enemy, those that are clean and they're not going to have to go out there and fight their own within themselves. They're ready to fight the enemy rather than themselves because that's what we've been doing is fighting ourselves. And it's time that we fight the enemy. It's time that we quit being so introspective and sit around and examine ourselves all the time and find every little old detail. Repent, get it over with, and get going. And find out where the enemy is and quit looking at worrying about ourselves. God's stirring in you. And He is stirring in many of you. I mean, we've got people praying. We have people gathering to pray. We have people that are war, warring for the Lord. We have things going on. But, but the Lord is saying, wake up the mighty men. I wake them up. Wake everybody up. Two or three people cannot fight the fight. We either stand as an army or lose a little bit little groups we got to stand as an army against the enemy hear what he's saying I had a word this morning someone came with a word and I believe it I believe it they said that they believe that there's some coming in here struggling rebelling and where they won't even worship God or whether they wanted to hear the word of God or whether they want to act on the word of God or whatever. The devil's come in here to, to steal that. And I believe that. You know why? He don't want you to hear this. He wants a bunch of afraid people. He wants a bunch of complacent people. Just 
Let the world go by. Don't bother me. Don't wake me up. When you go off to battle, don't wake me up. When you're on your way out, close the door quietly. On the way out, don't bother me. I'm enjoying my life. Don't, don't want to get involved. And God's saying, wake up. You know, I, I noticed that when I, when I was in the Marine Corps, I never had that privilege. I mean, I used to have to go. You know what you had to do? I mean, it didn't matter. You couldn't say, I got in late last night. Didn't matter. I saw some guys coming in, had been out all night coming in, and you know what they had to do? <laughs> they had to go like they had a good night's sleep. It didn't matter. It did not matter. When they said, it's time to go, you went. And God sang, it's time to go. He's saying it to you, and he's saying it to you, and he's saying it to you. He's saying it to me. It's time to go. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, if, if it has to be so urgent, and it's this urgent, if you, if you haven't been letting God deal with your life, first prophecy, it's time to repent. Do it. I don't mean this week sometime when it's convenient. I'm saying the bugle's been blown. The command has been given. Do it. And rise up and begin the battle. You know how we well. You know how we battle. There's a lot of ways we battle. One of, one of the ways we battle is prayer. You know what we don't like to pray. We do not like to pray. How many of you really got serious? No, I don't really want to show our hands. I'm just asking the question. Got real serious in praying at at any time in your life, and you begin to be an intercessor, and you really begin to pray and spend a lot of time in prayer with God. Bunch of you. Now. Didn't you find that it was probably the greatest warfare that you was ever in? That every demon in hell tried to come against you and stop it in every way that he could? It's warfare. It's going to battle. I want all the complacent men to quit being complacent. I like what Mike Dura said about the church. I think it was in the Dominican Republic or Haiti one. I think it was Dominican that they visited. They called the roll. Boy, I like that. Make sure everybody's here. <laughs> Make sure you got your gear on. We're going to war this morning. Amen? That's what they do. 
I mean, they called the roll. When I went out there in front, they called the roll, find out, make sure everybody was there. You didn't have the choice of whether you want to go to war or not. If you got in that man's army, you went to war. Folks, we've joined an army. We've joined the army of God. And God is taking a dead people like He did in the valley of the dry bones when they were dead and dry and He prophesied over them and said, Wake up. And it said, Bone went to its bone and flesh was put on the bones and breath was breathed into the to what was put together and God raised up a mighty army and that's what he's doing he has gotten the weak and the maimed and the crippled and the blind and the dumb he has gotten those in such desperate needs and he raised us up to become his mighty army he drew us out of the valley of death and raised us up to be a mighty army and we're only a part of a big army, but we're a part. This isn't the only place he's raising up an army, but we are a company Amen. in a battalion, which is in a division, which is in the whole army, but we are a part. And God is saying this morning, wake up. Get yourself right with God. Get prepared for war. Wake up. The battle is on. And that's the word today. The battle is on. The battle has started. It is not going to start. It has started. You notice the word said that those, the weak standing back, will be overcome and consumed. It's a very strange thing. I did not understand it. I don't understand it today. I really don't. I see in the Word of God, we read about these mighty men of, uh, of valor. They, the mighty men did this. They got the sword and they ran toward the enemy with such boldness. And one of them, it said he killed 800 Jonathan and his armor bearer went in among the whole troop, just the two of them, and made the whole troop flee. When I was in Korea, I noticed a strange thing. I noticed the, the fearful and the timid were the first to die. I didn't understand that. Bullets flew, seemed like, every place. I didn't understand that. But I watched it. And I saw men that were brave and strong and they charged and they run up. It seemed like they couldn't get hit. I didn't understand it. But I saw it. You saw it, didn't you? It's strange. I did not understand it. The fearful died... 
And those with courage didn't. I don't mean everyone in every case, but I saw that very predominant. I noticed in sports, contact sports, football, those that are the boldest and hit the hardest never get hurt. And those who are a little on the timid side get hurt all the time. What to tell us something spiritually. In fact, it said this, that the mighty went out to battle and made the enemy run. Where the fearful and the cowardly got overrun. Charlie and I was talking about this about this this week. Listen to what I'm going to say. Mention it in Sunday school a little bit. No place in the Word of God does it say to fear the devil. Be afraid of him. But you know what it says in the Word of God? Fear God. want to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say it. Here's what you're supposed to, what would be said. Charge. I mean, get up and let's go. That was always a word. Charge. Go forward. And that's the only word that God knows. Forward, not backward. Forward, not standing still. Forward. That gets you in. Amen? Hallelujah. You got some decision to make, folks. God's been speaking to you today. This has not been my words. I've read out of the word. I've given you two prophecies from, from God. And God's been speaking to us today. He's saying... Get your life in order. Should have already been doing this. Get your life in order. Wake up. And prepare for battle. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Paul, I'm going to sing those two songs I told you that. I want everybody to go up there. Okay? I want us to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to sing. Sing against the devil. We're going to sing our battle, battle songs and we're going to... Uh, see, the preparing has got, got to be you. I can't make you do it. I just can't make you do it. If I could, I would. I can't make you do it. It's got to be you. You've got to decide. But the call is to wake up. Wake up the mighty men. Are you one of the mighty men of valor? Wake up.
let's stand and then let's pray. And then let's, 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 let's sing and praise the Lord and tell the devil what we believe. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you take your word. I pray that the Spirit of God would not let the word fall to the ground. Every ear that heard it this morning would be pricked in the heart. And Father, you'd bring conviction or encouragement or strength. You'd wake up the people, Father, that we could go forth in battle in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever you need to do this morning, do it. Don't hesitate. Whatever it is, I don't have any idea. You just got to say, I, boy, God woke me up and I'm going to be one of them. Do it. If you need to repent, do it. Whatever God wants you to do, do it today. Right now, this morning. Amen.